Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast contains explicit language. Welcome back to Canada Confessional, the only podcast that actually celebrates people who have tried to achieve power and failed. I'm Sam Stein. And I'm Jason Cherkis. And Sam, in this episode, we actually interview somebody that's not a lot of people have heard about. And that's because he didn't run for president, he didn't run for senator, didn't run for the House either. You gotta start somewhere, and in this case, he ran for mayor of Toledo, Ohio. The City of Lights, right? No, actually, Sam, the slogan is, you will do better in Toledo, which is actually true. It is true. I've been to Toledo. I did better. Great place. Along the way, Ben Knopp, Knopp, however you want to pronounce it, he became a cult figure in politics. And it's all owed to one moment on the trail. Now, let me set up the scene for you, Jason. A seemingly innocent campaign stop on the street where his mother grew up. I'm liking it. I'm Can't liking be more it. quintessential than that. Not at all. So, Knopp enters and encounters this nasty, unruly heckler who just will not shut the hell up. We're here today in Parkwood oh, Avenue for uh, the, the, the street that my uh, mother actually grew up on down the street. We have a situation in Toledo where there's faulty fire lines and... Uh, so that moment is caught on tape and it's posted onto YouTube and it's played over and over and over again for people's sick viewing pleasure. Nearly a million people have watched it. Yeah, it remains cringeworthy to watch. I've probably seen it 30 times, but I can't help but look at it. So we wanted to know what it was like in that very panicky moment. Yeah, I mean, how how do you recover when your biggest professional misstep is broadcast for everyone to see? And whether it's actually possible to survive the internet. Beyond the bluster. Behind the bunting. Past the posters. After the ads. The campaign picks up. And the motorcade moves on. What happens when the votes are counted? And democracy doesn't go your way. This is Candidate Confessional, a HuffPost podcast. I'm Sam Stunn. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm Sam Stein. And I'm Jason Cherkis. And we approve this podcast. Why don't we start at the beginning? Yeah. Why did you get into politics at like what 24 years old you decided to run uh i ran at 27 okay yeah who runs for congress at 27 years old uh a very confused lad (laughs) um no actually that that was a good experience i i um i initially got interested in politics i was a page in the house representatives which they have now disbanded i believe um but uh that kind of you know at like 17 or something kind of um got the bug that way and uh so i came to dc i was 
after law school doing the you know big firm bit um not very happy like most people a big firm uh and um was trying to actually just get a job on the hill um and i had an interview for john uh to be a john dingle's press secretary i think was the job um and uh so i called um i had interned and and marcy captor who's a democrat uh, from my district in, in ohio she knows um you know she knew john dingle very well and I called um, I called their office to see if they could help me out at all, uh, and basically the reply I got back was, "Well, we got a better idea for you. Why don't you go and run against Mike Oxley in the you know extremely conservative fourth district uh, of Ohio?" So, and that was actually that was transmitted to me at the, a White House Christmas party that Miss uh, Captor invited me to. <laughs> Wait, let's yes. stop right there. You're at a White House Christmas party. That's right. This is the Bush, Bush. White House. Mm-hmm. And a member of Congress who you've been a page for. That's right. Comes up to you. So someone. No, who, no. Well, she actually invited me to. to okay. That was, yeah. And she says, I got this crazy idea. I know you want to be a press secretary. Right, right. Why not just be a member of Congress? That basically. Is that really the, how it went? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much uh, as far as I can recall. Um, what did you think? Well, you know, I was not especially excited about my law firm j- job at the time, so anything kind of sounded interesting. And I did sort of have in this vague notion of going into politics, you know, very vague. Um, but, you know, I thought there was nothing to lose, you know, you know, really by running against a guy like Mike Oxley. I thought it'd be a good experience. You're doing the right thing, basically, because he, he was, you know, from my vantage point, a pretty poor member of Congress. Um, and, you know, I thought it would be just interesting. So you went from, like, door knocking to running Basically, well, zero to sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, I never, I hadn't run for student council. You know, I'd never run for anything um, out of principle, kind of actually. So, anyway. so, so, how badly did this go? Um, that actually went really well. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it. Believe it or not, um, Oxley had not actually run a competitive campaign in twenty-two years, huh. um, and so he did for the first six months, basically, it was like there was no opponent and you could just take, you know, any shot you wanted. And um, eventually he kind of awoke from his slumber after our first debate where he did not do well and, um, you know, ended up putting in several million dollars. And um, but we ended up with, uh, I think, around 42 percent um, in a very conservative district. And, and that actually outperformed Kerry. Well, what did you learn about your own skills? Oh, my own skills? Like because you had never done it before. <laughs> never. Um, it, you know, at the beginning I was awful. Um, I think I, I was like, you know, I, I didn't really know how to give like a concise, you know, campaign statement or like shake hands with people at like a county fair. You know, it's, it's kind how of How would you art. screw up the shaking, shaking hands? hands? Uh, I don't know. My mother would say, you're not looking him in the eye. You know, you're not telling him to vote for you. You're not giving him, a, you know, uh, whatever, uh, materials right uh, or anything. You know, um, we didn't, you know, wear our stickers on the right place and, you know, all the little sort of intricacies um but uh you know eventually you get sort of in a routine and it's almost like an autopilot basically so um you know by the end i think i think i was actually fairly skilled so what happens next Uh, i don't know if you remember in 2006 there was a relatively big scandal in ohio politics that was triggered by uh coins coingate it was called the long-awaited report on the coingate scandal is finally released uh, it took down the entire Republican give us, Party. Give us the Wikipedia summary. The CoinGate. Uh, so there was a guy who was very politically connected in Ohio and had basically been 
uh, chart got a sort of sweetheart deal with the state to administer uh, funds from the workers' compensation fund to try to invest it and grow it. And he was investing in things like rare coins and beanie babies. Uh, and ended up um, wow pilfering <laughs> yeah yeah and, and ended up pilfering a good portion of the money him you know just I remember the Beanie Babies it. yeah so they were a thing back they were then, big Jason well yeah but I mean stay a smart investment strategy <laughs> <laughs> public money but, I don't think he actually technically ever lost money on the investments I think he, he got in trouble wow. when he just started pocketing stuff but yeah. the investments actually were not terrible as it okay. turned out but anyway took down the entire Republican party in Ohio. That's how Ted Strickland won. And Richard Cordray actually won. So quick note, Ted Strickland is the former governor of Ohio. He now is running for the United States Senate. And Richard Cordray is the current head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, where Ben actually now works. Uh, but in any event, on the local level, it was it all centered in Toledo, Ohio. And I was teaching there at the time. And the county commissioner had been tangentially involved in like passing a check from Noe to some the guy who was running the scheme to someone else. And basically, I, I think as part of her plea deal, she was investigated and, and given a slap on the wrist, but as part of the deal, she was uh, said she wasn't going to run for re-election. So it opened a seat, in essence, out of the blue. And I just sort of went into like a four, uh, three-way primary um, in a very democratic area, so where the primary is. This basically. is a Lucas County. Lucas County. Yep, okay. Lucas County. It's a Toledo, Ohio. It's the county seat. Yeah. One other thing you did, which yeah. would ultimately become the first domino in all of this, yeah. is you pledged to serve out your term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Um, I, I took like a uh, 15 point pledge or whatnot um, when I was running in the primary, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, one of them was to serve a of, yes, the full four-year term. And you broke that pledge. Well, I actually ended up not breaking it. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tried to break the pledge. I, I was, yes, I was dying to break the pledge, but I just didn't pull it off. So, I mean, part of, I think, my problem um, in local politics also was I kind of got, like, shot out of a cannon, and that, you know, basically pissed a lot of people off who had been sort of slogging through, like, running for, like, school board and running for city council and then running for, you know recorder and then commissioner and i just go straight to commissioner like 30 or whatever and um you didn't have the relationships that they all had no relationships with anybody um i mean i hadn't i'd gone to school out of the you know area i'd worked out of the area so you know i mean yeah i basically i mean I'm, my family's from there i grew up there and everything but you know in essence parachuted back in and all of a sudden you know i'm on the front page of the paper every day you know, news and, and um, TV news and things like that. So it's not news, little kids. That's basically young, right. young punk age. I think that's right. And so, so no matter what, I mean, it was almost like I could come up with the the most amazing, you know, uh, idea that had no downside, and I, I felt like at least I couldn't get any sort of traction on. But it. instead of this like humbling you, it yeah. just made you convinced that you needed to move to <laughs> a higher level. Well, uh, now so. Arguably, I mean, the budget for Toledo is a lot smaller than the county. In some ways, I mean, it, it's a higher level because you're one instead of three. But in terms of, I think, your overall workforce and budget, thing, it's actually less than what the county would have. But, yeah, I mean, mainly what but I wanted to mayor. do. You're a mayor. Exactly. Yeah. You are like your Mayor McCheese or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's important. But, no, I mean, in essence, my calculation at the time was I cannot actually get anything done. And, and, pers- and also really just to. You know, be frank. I mean, I was miserable. Like it's it's a miserable job when you come to work every day. Still, somewhat of an idealist, wanting to do things, and it's just like you're running into a brick wall. I didn't like my colleagues. I mean, I thought they were 
if not actually committing illegal acts like on on the edge of of violating like various you know public records laws and, and open meetings laws and things like that. So um, yeah, I was just I, I was personally just kind of sick of it. So you you put your hat in the ring for mayor. Hmm. What's the first conversation like? What's the first strategy session like? Uh, the mayor's race actually. Um, so I, before I did it, I went out to somehow I got hooked up with some um, relatively large uh, consultant, uh, political consulting company in New York City. Um, went out to New York, to, met with some guy, uh, you know, paid them a bunch of money to do some polling um, to see if I had any chance. Um, and the polling came back pretty good. And that's that was statistically tied with with the eventual winner um so um that was pretty much all i needed at that point to to do it and when does the first point where you realize you got to come up with a an explanation for this pledge you made to fulfill your term and what was the explanation you were going to give this right-wing radio station i think picked up on it right away um and they sort of almost staged a protest at my campaign announcement uh with like four people i mean what happened um there were i i, I think they got some university of Toledo students if i recall correctly to to sort of have like a immediately like off the bat like let's let's attack you know um attack me and and i think one of the issues they raised was that i had pledged to serve a, a full term and i you know if i won i wasn't going to yeah, you were heckled from the very beginning pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a um that didn't end up on YouTube. It was, yeah, right. It was an Ill, Ill, ill-fated attempt, I would say, from from the very beginning. Let's get to the day, then. Mm-hmm. I mean, why beat around the bush anymore? Yeah. What walk us through the day? Um, the day that. I got heckled. Yes. Uh, for my so um, that was actually at that point the campaign I think was going okay. The thing, I, I always had a problem. I could never really raise money in any campaign I ran. Um, Why not? Well, I wasn't. I'm not good at asking good at for it. money. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a big part. <laughs> Secondly, I mean, I sort of have moral reservations about. I mean, you're you you know realistically they're just getting bought off um, by the highest bidder. Uh, no matter what, and no matter who you're getting money from. Besides that, I thought at that point it was going fairly well. Um, the guy who I had polled and I was initially tied with was the former fire chief, and he was running. And he had an issue where he had basically messed up in how he was labeling or painting fire hydrants. And so firefighters thought, like, this hydrant was working or had some sort of water pressure, but it was painted incorrectly, so it didn't have that water pressure that they would need. And there was, like, a code system, and it was all messed up. And anyway, a woman's house burned down because they had messed up the coating of the fire hydrants. So this is, like, your local politics issue, right? You've got, like, this fire chief who's (laughs) running on, like, I am a good fire chief. I fight fires, and I rescue people and things. You know, that was his platform. And he ends up, you know, administering basically a total bungling of the system and, and a very sympathetic woman's whole house burns down, all her memories are lost, she's like on the street. Okay. So that's that was the issue. And we had a press conference outside of a house with a fire hydrant, like 
in the background. I mean, I literally think that was the um, the decision as to like where to have it. I thought it was because it was the corner where your but mom. And it also was the corner where my mom grew up, and okay. I don't know how that played into it. Okay. Actually, but I know there was like a fire hydrant there. Okay. I'm pretty sure, and I think I think that was the issue. I mean, I so the, the whole reason for the press conference was to capitalize or or to yeah, no capitalize. I yeah, think yeah. accurate way to say it. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Go after this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was to to show that you know he made he was running the show, and there was this big problem could lead to greater you know. Dan- no one really knew how many fire uh, hydrants were messed up, and. Um, to, sh- to say that I had some sort of plan to fix it, you know, typical sort of okay. local politics. So you, you actually were going to be there to be on offense. This wasn't to – Oh, yeah, of pod. course. You were going to – you were no, pumped up. No, 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 no. I, I – I, um, in hindsight, I mean, I think I would describe myself as probably a hyper-aggressive candidate of some sort. Uh, well, because <laughs> the thing is, I mean, realistically, I had no money. Yeah. So I had to rely on – press and 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 pre-staged events yeah exactly free stuff it's interesting because ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue nile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, when we watched the the incident, mm-hmm. the heckling, mm-hmm. you didn't come across as aggressive at all. In fact, the opposite of aggressive. Yeah. Well, I think I, you know, in, that's a little different type of aggression. You know. uh, <laughs> well, let's let's build up to. Like, this, I don't want yeah, to jump to the yeah. end. Right, so right, you right. you show up at the scene. Yeah, <clears throat> it looked like a really nice day. Yeah, I think it was. A yeah, it was a nice day. Mm-hmm. And you have <clears throat> what I assume is a crowd of supporters mm-hmm. around you and a few members of the media. That's right. Okay, and you start talking. Yep. Now, what happens? Um, I'm pretty sure beforehand, uh, someone had told me that there's this guy sitting on the porch who's, like, you know, thinks some of our supporters stepped on his flower bed um, and is, like, upset or something. Did someone apologize? Yes. You know, is it, should we go ahead with it? Yes. Okay, fine. So, you know, I mean, we did one of these every two to three days probably at this point. So it's not like, you know, some crazy, you know, one-of-a-kind one sort of event. Um so, yeah, so I guess we just got our supporters, you know, lined up for the camera shots and the media's there and everything. And uh, I start giving my spiel about fire hydrants, I assume. And uh, this guy is, like, on the porch starts yelling, I guess, you know, um, my name. Uh, this the street that my uh, mother actually grew up on down the street. You know, I, I didn't really think much of it except, like, this, you know, is going to be kind of just screw up our our little like press clip basically 
We have a situation in Toledo where there's faulty fire lines and... But then he keeps yelling. Yeah, yeah, he was very persistent. (laughs) I think so. And were you sort of contemplating in your head, like, how how do I deal with this in a way that doesn't expose me? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say expose me. I mean, I would say, you know, I mean, honestly, like, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, I thought, like, I just needed him to be quiet for, like, five minutes so I could just give my thing. Yeah. And then I'll go talk to him and whatever, you know. Sure. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk at whatever he wants to talk about. This is an odd thing because it's just one dude. You know what I mean? It, and you're sort of just, um, like, in his yard, in essence. So it, <laughs> it, it's, a, I mean, it's a bizarre sort of confluence of events. Um, and, and honestly, you know, I think part of it at that time was I, I was, I wouldn't say completely burned out from politics, but I was getting pretty close to just sort of being sick of this whole thing. So I bet like two or three years before that, um, you know, I might have handled it differently, uh, frankly. But I, so. um, I don't know. I, I probably, you know, maybe been more aggressive. Uh, you know, at this point, I was it, I don't want to say I was like running out the clock um, on my political career in Toledo. But, uh, you know, it, it, I had sense of that. It was it was part of my sort of calculus. Like, I just want to get through this campaign. If I win, I win. If not, I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, I tried my best. You know, I think I did some good things, but I just couldn't get it done. Is there a calculus that goes on yeah. knowing that you're being filmed or being watched? Yeah. They're like, how do I come across with this guy mm-hmm. and look okay for the cameras and I look like a jerk? There's sort of a balancing act that I, you probably have to... I have have to, to imagine. I think subconsciously there's no doubt about it. You're trying... I mean, because obviously, if, if you're just walking on the street and some guy started yelling at me, I would have handled it differently, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's there's cameras on you, and I mean, also, I, I there was a bunch of little kids there for some reason, and I don't know wh- how that ended up happening, but um, there was a like a group of small, like ten year old or eight year old mm-hmm. kids. Um, they weren't part of the campaign event. They were, I think, they were. Yeah, they were part of the campaign okay. event, but I like, I don't. They weren't campaign workers. No, like, I that would have violated <laughs> you know child labor laws. So I, I don't know how. I mean, they might have been like family of a supporter or sure. something. They were wearing our shirts. So. You know, it was kind of like... And they were screaming them. Safety of many. Right, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, they, they were sort of... And then he was so consistent <laughs> yeah, over and over again in a sort of monotone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is that he is just one guy, as you had pointed right, out, right. that he wasn't part of a... This wasn't a protest that was planned, because no. it was sort of, you know, you didn't know... He was unpredictable in that way. Yeah, yeah, no, we just showed up in his yard. So, I mean, you know, I think... Frankly, he had he had he was within his rights to, to if he didn't like me um, and and to make that apparent, which he did. So, but two gays go by, and no yeah. one gives a shit. Like no one actually. Uh, no one. I think there was a brief mention of it in the story in the Toledo newspaper. Did you think anything about it? No. Did your campaign think anything? I don't think so. I mean, I, it was I just like was, that was weird. Yeah, basically, like another another. I mean, local p- political campaigning yeah. is is you know, it gets weirder and weirder, and then it gets surreal. You know, I mean, you're you're in like it, it's a very strange bubble or, or situation for any anyone. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were weird things 
all sorts of weird things going on. Did you on. go up to him afterwards? I think I did, yeah. I think we, I think I did. Okay, so a couple yeah. days go by and nothing happens, no. and then what? I mean, like, it became a sensation. Yeah, then it, then it goes viral, as they say. <laughs> uh, whatever that means. I think people need to understand this is 2008, so things... 2009, I think? 2009. 2009. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. things going viral at this point is still, like, a phenomenon. It's yeah, like, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just something you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, like, it happens every... Yeah, minute, everything's right? go viral. Every go you try to get things go viral. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, so how do you become aware of its virality? Um, I got called by a radio host who I was friends with on the morning like drive time FM guy who who must have had like some sort of you know I don't know email alerts it was like at that point I think he was working for Comcast so maybe Comcast not Comcast Clear Channel okay. you think it's Clear a bad I, you think at that point you sensed it was bad when the drive time guy in the morning <laughs> zoo was calling yeah you? basically uh, <laughs> that's not like what you want to hear no. um, what did he say to you when he called he's like man this thing's going viral like it's crazy <laughs> check it out you know I don't know you're, um, on the, you're on the air he didn't tell you oh no no I wasn't on the air he oh, no, called me as like yeah right no, no. he called me as like a friend but um so, yeah, I think that was the first time. I was actually, I believe I was at a fundraiser that was going terribly, actually. Like, no one showed up, <laughs> you know, at some, like, no bar one, in South Toledo. No one showed up at the fundraiser? It was a weak fundraiser, I remember. I mean, they were called, but, you know, like, again, money raising, Not never either. my forte. So this was, like, a week, even for my standards. <laughs> so you get a call, he's like, yeah. this thing is blowing up. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of early, like, in the history of, like, things like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, there was ever any realization as to, like, what this means in terms of, like, you know, people looking at it and, and going viral or whatever. So so I, I, I don't I don't recall if there was a – I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of conversation, but I still don't think it was, like, that big of an issue, really, honestly. It was, like, you know, because, I mean, in a local race, the amount of voters that are watching that is, is pretty slim in Toledo at that point, I think, really. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more like young people – and, and and the lecture in Toledo's average age is like 65 for a primary. You know, <laughs> honestly, all, I'm not even kidding. They have no so, idea what YouTube is. They don't is. even know what YouTube <laughs> is. So, I mean, from like a, a real, and then our campaign goes on. I'm, I'm still the commissioner. I'm doing all that stuff. Like, you know, all these things are still going on. It's just kind of like. But it mattered funny. enough to the extent that the campaign thought you had to deal with it. Well, I think it was honestly that there was a good way to deal with it so that you could you could actually you know, let's say I was at 22% or something in the poll. Like, I could actually go to, like, 24% with a beer summit, you know? And I might not have, I might have gone maybe to 20, but, you know, it wasn't, like, a huge swing one way, and then you had to, like, do a huge swing. It was like, oh, there's an opening here. Look at, you know, you can look like a a good guy, you know, just having a beer, talking over some, you know, with some guy who doesn't like you, and blah, 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 and, you know, like, look like uh, very sort of magnanimous, I guess. So how'd you execute the beer summit? Um, I don't, you know... I mean, I just remember showing up at a bar and having a beer, um, in essence, and talking with this guy. And basically, all he was interested in was organic farming, I believe, um, and and wanted to pitch me on some ideas about about his. He had an idea for a business, I think, about organic farming. So that was really what we talked about. <laughs> Were you at all like embarrassed by the whole process? Like, I gotta go yeah. meet this guy. There's this weird facade where I have to care about this. Right, thing. right. I mean, I cared about it to some extent. I mean, let's say, okay. to be in politics is a constant state of that question, right? Like, right? Are you embarrassed to be doing anything? Like, I mean, every day for me in politics, there was always that question. Like, what am I doing? I'm having like, press conferences in front of like you know. 
uh, a dog pound and like vigils and I mean for for dog you know things like these are sort of bizarre situations that you don't or certainly fun- I never expected myself showing up at fundraisers where there's not really anybody right there. yeah I mean yeah that's I mean that that is actually less surreal than some you know the daily sort of like trying to promote yourself and get your message across but, and stuff. But there's also something so, like, unnatural about that specific thing. Like, yes. here's a guy who just, like, heckled you for five minutes. That's right. That's right. Like, in a normal human interaction, that's right. it would not you'd be, be like, fuck you, right, I'll never right. see you again. But as a politician, yes. you'd be like, I'll get a beer with you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's not something. No, I mean, I I end up... Are you friends with him on Facebook now? I, I could be. I'm not. I <laughs> mean, I, I, I definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I ran into him after that and had cordial interactions with him. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Toledo's a pretty small, relatively small place. So, you know, you see people. And gotcha. I have no. And, and actually, um, I ended up, this was a weird coincidence. I ended up dating a girl there after this who I believe was the maid of honor in his wedding. That is so small worldish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did so. you talk about it with the girl? Um, just briefly. <laughs> I don't know if I mean, you've seen my work. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I was uh, heckled. <laughs> so right. after, so the beer yeah. summit happens. Uh-huh. Did you get that two point bump in the polls? Who knows? At that point, we didn't have any money to do polls. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like your finger in the. Could wind. barely pay your, barely right. pay for the beer. That's did true. You, I mean, did you get re- when the, when this thing became mm-hmm. viral? Yeah. Um, did friends that you hadn't heard from? in years call you or or did what a did family yeah yeah I mean um, definitely yeah I mean people were like whoa that's that's the guy I went to like college with or something you know what I mean um, so yeah I'm gonna shoot him an email and then I'd like ask him for money for my campaign um, but uh, <laughs> did you get any money from them I might have yeah I probably did actually I just got a last yeah. for me on this episode last one the South yeah. Park stuff uh-huh. and that like that's a cultural milestone that you hit <laughs> In some way, yeah. I guess they did use my last name, though, right? I don't Only my first did. name. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. But um, cart- was the cartoon likeness of you accurate, or were was you, were you extremely good looking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if so, yes. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know who was the cartoon likeness. I forget. I forget. But wasn't, I remember it was on. It was definitely on. Sunday. It was a woman, actually. I think. Refugees from Syria should be considered in need of international protection. Boo, Wendy. Boo. Boo, Wendy. The vast majority of refugees from Syria are likely to meet refugee Boo, status Wendy, criteria burger, and this Boo. should benefit from... Boo, Wendy. Liar. Boo. Boo, Ben. Boo. Did you watch it? I um, yeah, I, I yeah, definitely yeah. watched it. Yeah, that, you know, you got to Sure. You got to All right, out. so depression is essentially set in at your campaign. You don't... You're not into it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, honestly... And then what's how much time is between when this happens and when the election happens? Not a lot, because we, I... I there was a primary, okay. um, which I lost in. Was it relief, essentially? <laughs> Partly it was, because it was like, I can move on with the next chapter in my life, basically. And, and I thought I knew at that point I was going to leave. Did you even want to win at that point? Um, everyone wants. I mean, I think, of course, yes. In a perfect world, I would have won. Sure. I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, you know, it's just this human nature. But, I mean, I, I was, uh, it was funny because a good friend of mine came over to our, and I had, you know, the last two elections I'd won, it pretty handily, actually, and it was a much different atmosphere uh, for my, my election night party. Um, but uh, but so, you know, I had a group of people over at my, my house, and uh, the guy, one of my real close friends and sort of mentors, came over, and I knew it was a bad sign. He, he didn't bring just, like, one bottle of wine. He brought two huge jugs, <laughs> like, knowing this was going to, you know. This is going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night, yeah. So so that, that was sort of the mood at that point. And, and, I mean, but, you know, you still... 
Like, there were a lot of campaign, like, younger campaign workers and stuff who were, like, really upset, I think, and then were crying and stuff. So, okay. you know, it, it's sort of, it's a weird situation to be in when you're not totally upset that you lost, but other people are. Um, so that was a sort of strange dynamic that night, I recall. What was, yeah. I mean, now, and then I guess you're out of politics after yeah. that. Um, but this video lives on, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I assume it'll live on for eternity. Well, it depends. <laughs> I guess maybe after this show. Sorry. Yeah, right. Um, what's that like to like have that thing that's sort of like this internet mark on? Yeah, I mean it's. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I don't lose a lot of sleep. Over I hope it. not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not something that a you have no control over. B, I mean, in my analysis, which obviously is completely biased. The way I handled it, while not like maybe like the textbook way a politician handles a, a heckler, right, was uh, I think in a fairly gentlemanly fashion. And you know, honestly, like in the big picture to me, things worked out pretty well. Um, I got to, for a brief time, be a member of the Fourth Estate like yourselves. Um, got to cover the Detroit Tigers for the Toledo Blade. Got to follow around Bob Dylan on an Asian concert tour. Um, and, you know, then I got a great job at the CFPB, uh, where I'm at now. So, you know, for four years now. So I can't, you know, honestly, it's, it kind of turned out okay. Thank you to Ben Knopp for joining Candidate Confessional. A quick disclaimer here, though. Ben was speaking on his own behalf and not on behalf of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, where he now works. A thanks again to Christine Canetta, our fearless editor, for putting together this podcast. Thank you, Christine. As always, you can find Candidate Confessional at iTunes, on SoundCloud, or better yet, at thehuffingtonpost.com. Please, please tune in next week when we interview 2014 Senate candidate from Georgia, Jack Kingston. Till then, happy trails. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.